Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Hi, welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. The show is going to start a little different than the regular shows. Usually I have an intro, I do the, the regular show, and then we do an exit at the end. But with this episode with Matt Terrio, he gave so many great answers, uh, even in our beginning conversation, I guess before we even started doing the actual show, and there was so much information that I actually wanted to uh, let you guys hear some of our conversation before we started the actual show, and so I'm going to put that part in, so it's going to sound a little out of place, but I, I think that it's going to help, and it's going to answer some of your questions, because it answered some of my questions, um, so here it goes. Before we get going, I, I had a question for you because um, <laughs> I always wondered about doing your courses and stuff. But like I'm a Canadian, like this is the show uh, Canadian Investing in the U.S. So mm-hmm. you're in California and you're still buying in all these markets. How do you how do you do this? Because like the way I understand from listening to all these the podcasts and other people who are doing the wholesaling, a lot of the the transactional work is like sitting at the people's coffee tables. How how do you do that all the way from California? Got it. Okay. So maybe more specifically, I have a couple of students in Canada that do it. So I'll give you maybe that'll be more relevant. Yeah. Um so they they uh we have a inside of our CRM we have something called property finders. It's a little portal where basically you, you put out uh job ads and people can come in and they fill out a little application, a little video thing, trains them on how to find property and everything and shows them what they're going to be compensated. Okay. So you can just place those ads all over. Any classified ads, Craigslist works really well, obviously. Yep. And so you've, you've got your quote-unquote boots on the ground that go and do it. So you would run your, the marketing and the admin from your home in Canada. And then you've got someone on the ground, say in Chicago, yep. that goes out and, and meets with the sellers and puts properties under contract. Awesome. And then those people who are doing all this work on the ground, are they like they're people that have been trained from by you on the other side? Yeah, so what you what this little portal, what it does is it gives everyone the basic information. And you can place a bunch of these ads and you could have, you know, you could have someone like God, the one guy's got like a hundred people in there working for him, right? Yeah. That have all come through the process and filled everything out, gone through the training. But you just kind of sit back and wait to see who's bringing you the deals. Right, and so you'll identify two or three people with the real work ethic, mm-hmm. and then you'll then you'll just spend all of your time with them and show them how it works. And you re, you know you have a weekly meeting; they're part of your team. You'd meet with them every all the time and give them training and support, just like you would if there was somebody in your office. Okay, but what from uh, from their perspective? Why why would they work with you? Why wouldn't they just go and do it on themselves if they're doing all the the hardest part, which is the the customer negotiation? Well, one of two things: either they don't know how okay. they need you, yeah. or second, they can't afford marketing. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So that's yep. a bi- that's a big question off of my because I I'm a, like I said I'm a big listener to the show and I was always like. How could I do this from Canada? Because I'm I'm buying mm. in uh, Alabama, uh, Indiana, and in Missouri, and I was like, "There's got to be a way I can do this." But you know what? At the same time, I I leverage wholesalers now. Um, mm-hmm. I did do turnkey off the start, like that's how I got working with Mercedes. But mm-hmm. um, I've switched to doing my own, and uh, mm-hmm. 
I am not opposed to leveraging a wholesaler to let, you know, I don't pay, mind paying right. them, right? Mm -hmm. No, it's, I think it's great. I find <laughs> it a lot easier now. I'm willing to pay for the convenience at this point in my life. Totally get it. I, I totally get it because it's otherwise yep. you're just you just have another job, right? Like you totally. It, totally. It, it, it's another job that pays better, but you still have another job. Sure, but <laughs> if if you calculate your time where else where you could invest your time to get paid even more, then you know the math starts to like not make sense to go out and pound the streets. Welcome to another episode of a Canadian investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Matt Terrio. Matt is one of those uh, guys I've been listening to for. I don't even know how long you've been doing that podcast. I've probably been listening to it for three or four years. I know you've been doing it for, before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we're almost uh, almost on our 10th year. 10th year. Okay, so I, I'm still a late late joiner, but I still have been listening for quite a while. And, well, thank uh, you. <laughs> for people who don't know uh, about his podcast, maybe just tell them, give them a quick rundown about it, and then uh, we'll see if some people want to join you there. Sure. It's the Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast is the name of the show. Uh, we've gone in our, this is, we're in the middle of our ninth year right now, and we just teach people how to go find, predominantly we teach people how to find off-market deals and then hold on to them so they produce a passive income for themselves. That's our main focus. But uh, we talk about, between our guests and the ancillary um, ideas around real estate, we talk about it, an array of stuff, but that's the main concept of the show. Yeah, and, and this is like for people who don't listen, it's one of those shows that I've modeled my show on where you try to give as much information as possible. Just overload people with information and uh, I don't know, I, I think that's what's growing my show and I know that's why mm -hmm. I keep listening to your show. Yeah, it got hit the point, like we kind of start always start out that way and I've reconsidered sometimes, like should I not give so much away and da 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 and, <laughs> And it just came down to like, you know what, all this stuff's for free out there anyway. So why don't you just save them the, the hassle of having to go search for it and just give it to them? Yep. I, I feel yep. the exact same way. And I think uh, it helps with networking. There's so many people will come to you. It, it, it grows your network. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So what we're going to talk about is uh, some of these factors that you've done. Uh, what are the biggest factors in your business that have helped you grow and get to the spot where you're at now? The biggest factors, I think um, definitely a work ethic, you know, the law of cause and effect says if you want a consistent effect, uh, you have to put in a consistent cause, right? Yeah. And so uh, the work ethic is what produces that consistent effect that we all want from real estate, and that's obviously, you know, equity and cash flow, right? And so that would be one. I think second is being almost overly transparent. Yeah. And so that's two. And I think three, having a willingness to do a lot of stuff for free with no expectation whatsoever. Uh, I've done that for so long that I can really trust the universe to deliver that back to me and whenever it sees fit. So that's that's been a that's been a really good one for me, too. And so you're talking about work ethic and. Mm -hmm. um, you have those, uh, I'm trying to think of the name, it's like on the tip of my tongue, the sheets you do. The, um, the Daily Success Report. Daily Success Report. Right. And so you did, how long, when did those come by? Because I'm guessing off the start you didn't have that and you were just a hardworking guy, right? Well, yeah. I mean, if we go back even pre-real estate, yeah. yes. I, uh, I guess I just, I had some drive. You know, I, there was things I wanted out of life. I knew nobody was going to give it to me. So I had to go get it. And so... It was that, and then I met a mentor probably about, 
I was a real estate agent at the time. I was not investing or thinking about that yet. But uh, he'd given me this little daily scorecard of of activities to do and the activities that would actually make in bring in the money that would make the money. And he says, if you're doing anything on a daily basis that you can't give yourself a score for on this scorecard, then stop doing it because it's not making you any money. And so it just became a list of the money-making activities and eventually it evolved into what we called the daily success report. And then I brought that right into my real estate investing business and was, you know, had pretty much immediate results right away. What are some of the biggest lessons you've learned over time? Hmm. Biggest lessons over time, real estate specifically or life in general? You know what? I always do real estate, but maybe we should do life because I, uh, you know, life is real estate, right? And you got, sure. Yeah, I got to grow it together. Um, the there's probably stuff I'm going to forget, but the first thing that came to mind with is, I would say is to learn from other people's mistakes because uh, you won't be here long enough to make them all on your own. Yeah. That's a a Mark Twain quote, and when I learned that and really applied that, I remember back, how oh, shoot, maybe nine years ago, 10 years ago. No, it was before that because it was before the podcast. Oh, my God, time was flying. <laughs> so it was probably like 12 years ago or so that um, I was at a real meeting, a, a real estate investor association meeting, and there was this old guy. I think he was like 93, 94 years old, and he would built a huge empire on one-bedroom, one-bath apartment buildings. And, you know, that's like the type of property that most multifamily investors will totally stay away from. They're a total headache. And he just figured out how to make them work. And he swore that he would never do anything differently. But I remember at the end, someone had asked, when it was open to Q&A, someone had asked him, you know, if you were to start all over again, what would you do differently? And his answer changed my world forever. And he said, I wish I would have. This is a 93-year-old guy sitting on the stage. He said, I wish I would have bought more and sold less. And I was like, Wow. That, that it was just more impactful. I mean, you could watch, you could see that on a meme, or you could hear it from somebody, you know, at a, at a cocktail party. But to hear it from this guy that had built this massive foundation of, and this massive wealth with this with his real estate, I was just like, that changed everything. That was a big lesson. Um, the other probably big lesson when you and it's really easy to demonstrate, and it, if you extrapolate it out on a, over time, and you just write it on a on a, a, a napkin, really, yeah. that flipping properties are going to keep you poor. Wholesaling properties are going to keep you poor, yeah. and the the slow little passive income that you build two hundred, three hundred bucks, four hundred bucks per property is a much faster path to financial freedom and wealth that uh, than flipping properties and making thirty thousand dollars of profit per property. And it's counterintuitive. It, a lot of people this will disagree instinctively or, or they're um, reflexively, but uh, when you put it down there, you're like, wow, that's really true. And um, I think that's been a big one. So my intent is to hold every single property I come across. I don't always, but it's always my intent. Awesome. So going into that, how do because I have that same conversation with people all the time. <laughs> how do I explain that to them? Because so many people are used to watching, you know, the the flipping shows on TV, and they think that's what real estate is. How do I how do I convince or at least pitch the story? Like, what's what's the story in order to uh, sure. hold the properties? Yeah. I don't have, I don't have the, the math in front of me, and my phone's out in the other room, so I don't have the calculator. But I'll, I'll give you the, the concept, okay, yeah. theory, and you can go ahead and do the math for yourself. Um, if you want to be financially free, that is defined by having enough passive income each month to pay for your monthly expenses, right? If we can all agree on that, then it gets really easy. 
if, if financial freedom to you is having a giant bank account, then then that's your definition. But for me, is like to know that my money is going to be replenished each and every month. If you got this big giant pile of money, there's a there's a definite ending to that money. It will be all gone at some point because that's just the nature of a pile. But if you got a stream, it keeps replenishing itself. So if you're focused on that, if you accept that as your financial freedom, then all you're doing is now you got to shift your focus from making piles of cash to making streams of cash. So anytime money is going to come your way in a transaction, you know, rather than focusing on, ooh, look at all this money I'm going to make, ask yourself the question, how can I turn this transaction into a stream of money rather than trying to collect it all right now? And so that's the big mental shift. And then you just follow that with correlate action. But if here's a little bit more practical, I'll just use numbers. Yep. Each and every day, Mercedes and I are here in our office. We're faced with the opportunity: do we flip this house for thirty thousand dollars, or do we hold on to it for three hundred dollars a month? That's a typical scenario. Nice round numbers. Yep. So, which one would you take? I mean, just ask yourself: which one would you take? And and when we ask that question, you know, some people think they're well. He probably wants me to say $300 a month. But I know inside, like, wow, $30,000, that's a big chunk. I think I want that one instead. Like, I think if you had the actual money sitting in front of you, most people would take that 30000 bucks. And I teach this stuff, and to this day, like, I, I get tempted by it. But when you look at to create that residual income for yourself on a monthly basis, how much money, how many of those $30,000 stacks do you need to put in an investment account? I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Say you found a really good, safe, secure investment account for 5% even. The amount of houses, you'd, the deals you'd have to do flipping properties to create that residual income is 17 times. And just the math, I just remember doing the math. So yeah. you have to do 17 more flips or 17 flips, take that cash, put it in a bank account to equal one buy and hold property. So 17 of those $30,000 to create that $300 a month. And so... When I saw that, I was like, wow, it's like, that's a lot of work to get the same results, right? Yep. But you got a big bank account. It, it makes us feel good, but it doesn't give you freedom. And then that's if you don't spend any of that money, right? You can all, so yeah, let's exactly. say we're going to, our plan is going to be after 30 grand, I'm going to keep 15 grand in my pocket and I'm going to put 15 grand in the bank. Well, now you just went from 17 deals to 34 deals now to equal the one deal if you just bought and held on to it. And so, you know, you put that to wherever your number is. I need $5,000 a month to be free or $10,000 a month to be free. I mean, that's the difference between, you know, um, a few years yep. versus the 40, 50-year plan everybody's on anyway. So I just look at it like, when do you want to start living life? Do you want to have all this money once uh, your best days are behind you? Or do you want to start living life when it's actually happening, like right now? And there'll still be enough for you to live it then, too. Yep. So, um, it's hard for me to talk without a whiteboard and a pen in my hand. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> hope, hopefully, you guys were following me and you got the picture. Yeah. And I don't have my calculator, so if those numbers aren't right on point, um, understand the concept. It's just a lot more work and a lot more time to create that same type of freedom with flipping properties as it is or compared to holding them. Yeah. Okay, so that was part one of the uh, show with Matt Terrio. And there was just so much good information in the whole show that I didn't want to cut it down to cut out like certain topics that we were talking about. So I've actually made two episodes. So if you tune in again, uh, episode two will be coming up the next week. Thanks. See you guys.